All right, we're back. Got a whole lot of stuff. And I know Joey and I were talking about that we should make them shorter a little bit. And I was like, let's shoot for the 20 minutes. I looked at my list of stuff I brought and I said, there's absolutely no way we hit 20 minutes here. This was a crazy eventful week and I kind of dropped the ball. I released the thing uh, yesterday night when it was supposed to go out Tuesday. So you know what? That's on me. I'm gonna take the high road and take all the fault for that. It's on me. Hey, it happens. You know, it has been a crazy week, um, both in the news and in our personal lives, I would say. It's just been nonstop. One of those weeks where it just keeps coming and um, the weekend can't get here soon enough. Gosh, you're telling me. Yeah, no, it has been crazy. All right. So the big three, well, we're going to do our big three here and then there's a couple more. The big three we're doing, Gary Gensler, my boy, every time he comes on and does his little regulate cryptocurrency thing, I love to talk about it because he's just, he's just got it. I don't know what he's got. He's got it out for it. And his reasoning is not wrong, but I think it's confused. I, I think a lot of people who grew up in a different era of finance just cannot see the point behind it. And they only see the bads. We're also going to do the Rihanna thing. Uh, the billionaire Rihanna. Congratulations to her. I think she's fantastic. And some Tesla drama. What do you think? Ooh, nothing better than a little Tesla drama. So I'm all for it. And I have another IPO oh no for us as well. Another electric vehicle manufacturer yes. on the scene, so <laughs> yes. I love it'll tie it. in perfectly. Oh, it's fantastic! All right, let's start with our boy Gary. So, Gary went to war this. Uh, he went to war this week. He said, "I'm I'm I'm waging war on the." He called it the Wild West of finance or something like that. Is the cryptocurrency world, and so I mean, when I see stuff like this, you know, I start shaking my head. I'm like, "All right." What are you doing? The whole point of DeFi is to stay out of it. It's decentralized finance. And the SEC gets involved and then it just turns into another 1980s. Everything's manipulated and it's a big problem, right? So I actually kind of like the way they're going about this. They said, we want to release funds and we want to we want to like mainstream securitize how you can trade the big cryptocurrencies. So they're like, we want to do an ETF, which we'll get into why that just doesn't make sense in a minute, but an ETF for like Bitcoin, Ethereum, and something else. In my world, an ETF means like hundreds of different companies piled together in order to diversify. I don't know, but like the word itself means exchange traded fund. So those three words make sense. Like it's quite literally just a fund of a coin that you're trading on an exchange. So I don't know. I'm, I'm a little confused about it. Yeah, I don't know how you would do that with the cryptocurrencies because I think the whole point of them is to be unregulated and if you start turning them into ETFs and, and, you know, kind of slapping currency value like that, start trading it like in that sense, I don't know. I don't know how it would work out. Yeah. They want to peg it to the dollar, which doesn't make, I mean, it's right. Like it's a good way to basically do it. But I, so, you know, the only way I've gotten exposure in my portfolios is I get the grayscale Bitcoin trust, which is like the one that everyone knows. It's the only way to get it in a normal brokerage. I think there's a couple more that just came out. So I'm kind of curious to see what happens, you know, and obviously the whole, the whole concept behind this technology is cut down on fraud, basically try to fight people getting screwed over by buying into these ICOs, initial coin offerings that don't actually have anything behind them. They're, they're literally just nothingness and the people disappear. So it's almost like a way to save someone from putting their whole life savings into Doge coin. Yeah. Doge. Well, Doge. <laughs> You, you know where it is. You know exactly where I stand on that. And I think you're in kind of the same boat where I'm like, look, if you're not allowed to fail, you're never going to learn. So if, if they don't allow people to feel the pain of making stupid decisions, they're never, ever going to learn. We're just going to keep making the wrong choices.
Yeah, I agree. It just sounds like they just kind of want to hold our hand again. And I mean, it isn't strict regulation, I guess, but in a way, it's still almost a form of regulation when the whole point of these, the whole point of cryptocurrency to begin with was to be the Wild West. Right. And um, you try to tame the Wild West and all of a sudden it just becomes no mo cowboys. Exactly. No mo, no mo cowboys. (laughs) Have you seen a picture of this guy, of Gary? I, you know, I've researched him before, but I've never seen a picture of him. What's he look like? So the Wall Street Journal had an awesome, awesome front page picture of the article today. And so it's him from the side. And you don't realize because, you know, he's he's got his he's got his like bald spot thing. He's got a really big brain, I think, because he's got a big head. But so I, I'm not bashing the dude. I Not at all. You should never make fun of someone for how they look. They can't help that. But what I just think is incredible is so like his hair cuts off halfway through and he's done a perfect fade, a perfect fade. To, on the side to like it, it, it's just it's impressive because you're like he's playing this out he's he's embraced that he is exactly half bald no more no less he's got a great head of hair behind it no more <laughs> it's wild uh, so, yep yeah, just pulled him up i don't know why he won't just lean into the bald thing and cut it all off or go get hair plugs or something no nah, i got Man. i got major props for him i think that's fantastic <laughs> i you, you know you, you basically said this is me and i'm proud of it and i'm all for that yeah, I guess good for him. I mean, he he fits the mold. He's exactly who I would expect the person in his uh, role to to look like. So kind of hawkish, just a little, just a little. <laughs> he does. He does look hawkish, which is ironic because people call him a regulation hawk, as I do too. But all right, mm. let's move on to the juicy one. Rihanna. Rihanna's a billionaire. So I I have not been the biggest fan of Rihanna for a while, but then I realized how many songs that I love that she wrote. And I was like, oh, oh, I actually have been a Rihanna fan for a long time. I just didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone's off the top of your head? I can't think of it. So what they did is, you know, Forbes put up a video of her doing all her things. And I was like, oh, yeah, Rihanna, cool. And the video was just song. It was like it was the clips from all the songs. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I, I shake my butt to these every single weekend. And like, <laughs> these are great songs. <laughs> so the big report was she's not a billionaire because of her music. Obviously, that got her started. You know, she's from one of the islands. Uh, Barbados is where she's from. And super poor family. Literally had a random audition from a guy who was in a hotel who was a music producer that her friend brought her to. And the guy right there was like, boom, you're coming with me. And then she was just off the chain from there. Literally had, you know an album out within the first year and just kept going. But she's a billionaire because of her beauty products. The Fenty Beauty makes a whole ton of money. Yeah, I see that here now. She It says she's she's raked in all her cash from Fenty Beauty, which launched in 2017. And it's a 50-50 partnership with luxury, bank, luxury brand LVMH. Yep, it's a big old French huh. brand that does that too. But I, so I give her so much credit because she perfectly leveraged the music career and like the, the viral fame into a product line. And I don't, I have no idea how the product line goes. I, I personally don't wear makeup. If you do, I'm all for it. Do whatever makes you happy. But I, it's just, it's astounding when someone can take that and actually transfer it over to a product line. The Kardashians are so famous for that too. That's who came to my mind whenever I thought about this, uh, this type of 
way to build wealth, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And um, honestly, I'd never heard of Brianna's makeup before, but it must be pretty successful if she's uh, in the billionaires club. And I see here it says she's now the wealthiest female musician in the world. And she is the second wealthiest female entertainer in the world, mm-hmm. right behind Oprah. Yep, and Oprah is uh, her own powerhouse that I would never... Oprah is... I don't even know what to compare it to. She's her own <laughs> empress. She's awesome. But Bezos. Yeah, well, okay. So I'm glad you're leading into this. This is funny. And I, I, I tweeted this to see if I'd get any reactions, and I haven't yet, unfortunately. I said, um, I say, like, the connotation of billionaire is going to change after today's news. Because literally last week, everyone was like... Billionaires should not exist. They're the worst thing ever. I can't believe blah, 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 blah. Rihanna's a billionaire. It immediately changes into, oh, yes, queen. I'm like, don't. It's a narrative, man. You're right. It's a narrative. Yeah. And it's not like other guys, like, I, you know, you can say whatever you want about Jeff and Elon. They've got their own issues. But I came from poor. Actually, I can't confirm. I don't know if Elon came from a poor family. But I know they worked their butts off. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I I never think it's... uh, it's good to, I never think it's correct to assume someone came from, uh, from wealth right. or to assume someone came from a poor background. But I do know a lot of the times these guys do come from poor backgrounds or poor families. I mean, Richard Branson grew up with nothing. Steve Jobs grew up with nothing. Um, and now look, Rihanna grew up with nothing as well. And she's a billionaire. And I mean, what they do with their own wealth, I mean, I would hope they would give it back to charities here and there. But it's up to them, and they built it, and it's impressive. But then, I mean, for every Rihanna or Jobs or uh, Branson, you also have those who have inherited a small sum of uh, money and were able to build their brand that way. But did you see the picture? More of the, power to them. Did you see the picture of the kid in the airplane, the thirteen-year-old dude? No. What I, is that? I think it, it had to have been Forbes or someone like that tweeted out or put on Instagram. It was it was some picture of some kid. And he he just looked like angsty, long-haired, whatever. And, Dude's in a full suit with an iPhone and he's like, meet the new 13-year-old cryptocurrency entrepreneur. And I was just face-palmed so hard. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Someone quoted What is the world coming to? Yep. Someone quoted it and said, stop calling rich kids entrepreneurs. (laughs) (laughs) For real. Definitely. And then just one more little tidbit on Rihanna here. Mm -hmm. It says it has been more than five years since she's released an album. So... In the past five years, she's been growing her business and whether it's her recording studio, I mean, her record label or her makeup, she's making money and uh, and doing it on her own terms. Yeah, she's awesome. I, I was trying to think, I was like, what's the biggest difference? And I was like, well, she's just really likable. I was like, I've never seen, I've never seen like a report of like Rihanna kicked the puppy or something like that. Like you can find those for pretty much any rich CEO on the planet to be like known for screaming at employees, just pop off anytime, blah, blah, blah. She just kind of seems like a likable dude. Yeah. Yeah. She's able to not generate any bad publicity somehow in today's day and age, which is very impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Go Rihanna. All right. We'll hop off that one. We're going to move on to the next big one. We are actually doing awesome on time. This is great. All right. So the last one I want to do, the Tesla drama. And uh, I think this is just, I think it's kind of funny. So we're not a political podcast. We never will be, never have been. Uh, so, But recently, the White House had a big old uh, electric vehicle sustainability event, and they invited three companies uh, to come show off and do their thing. And so they were Ford, General Motors, and then Stellantis NV, which is the Chrysler people, basically. And so everyone's like, we had a, you had an electric vehicle event. Where's Tesla? And even <laughs> Elon Musk tweeted last night. He was like, 
yeah, hmm, it seems kind of fishy that I wasn't involved. What's up with that? <laughs> just, <laughs> he's just throwing shade. So what someone, someone theorized, this has not been confirmed, but someone theorized that they only wanted to invite companies that had active unions. And as we know, Tesla does not have an active union. That's, so I think it's like a, it's like a kind of a push from the politics side where they're like, uh, you can get invited to these things. You can get a little bit of, you know, government juicy sponsorship, right? You just got to play ball with us. Uh, I don't like that. That doesn't sit well with me. Yep. I figure Elon doesn't either. He's a big old private company guy. Yeah. I mean, the bit it's, the business has its own business to run. <laughs> the side. Uh, I'm not. I'm not pro union or anti union. My yeah. views on that is. It's probably. Uh, it's probably better if we don't take a stance on that today. We exactly. Can do that next time. I don't have any on that. <laughs> but it's Elon's company, and they were the trailblazers for electric vehicles. I mean, that man, his company is so much further ahead than whatever Chrysler's little group is that got invited oh. in battery like mileage technology their vehicles i don't even know if they have and, anything out yeah and and the price point that he can release them to the market at is so affordable you know what the other day i was looking in to get a vehicle into getting a new vehicle You've been and i used to have a jeep wrangler once upon a time and yeah. you'll make fun of me <laughs> but i love and miss my jeep yeah, i jeep, miss it jeep slander is only because i like doing it it's not because i actually don't like the vehicle i'm just here to trigger it <laughs> I miss being a part of the club and doing my little Jeep way with my two fingers every time I pass one. They're fun. And so, I, yeah. So I thought, you know, how much more expensive than a Tesla can a Jeep be? I thought I could get a used Jeep with maybe 20,000 miles on it for like $15,000. Yeah, good luck. Oh, was I wrong. Yeah. Jeeps are reselling for more money than they are going for new. Yeah. I mean, you can get, you cannot get a Jeep let's say 2015 with 50,000 miles on it for less than $30,000. And right. at that price point, I might as well just buy a Tesla. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely right. That's the craziness people are talking about. They're saying you can literally get used cars for more than you can get new cars, which is why I've been thinking about selling mine. Cause I was like, Ooh, if I could turn a profit somehow, that'd be awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. the Jeep thing is so funny because, ah, uh, all right. I've worked in a mechanic shop. I, I know a thing or two. I don't know a lot. I know a thing or two. They're bad vehicles. Like they're, they're literally not made with good parts. And I know they're fun. I know you like them. I know they're awesome. They're literally expensive because of high demand. Like that's, that's just it because everyone wants one. <laughs> yeah, that was my thought process. You know, they're not aerodynamic. They don't get good gas mileage. Less aerodynamic you're never going to be able to drive cow. it from, <laughs> yeah. You're never going to be able to drive it from, let's say, Pittsburgh down to Florida. It's just not going to happen. You'll yeah. be miserable the whole time. But yet they still sell for thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 used. Wait, you think it'd be a bad road trip vehicle? I think it'd be a perfect road trip vehicle besides the gas. I just think it would be really loud. Oh, yeah. If you had a soft top, yeah. you know, on that highway for so many hours. If you had a hard top, maybe it wouldn't be as loud. But I don't know if I could do. You're talking to a Mustang owner. I, I experience highway drone every single day. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. I don't know. I, I want a silent little Tesla. Yep. I know. You <laughs> like your goes. creature comforts. Well, look. So look it up right now, if you could. What are the Model 3s going for right now? Like the base model, base level Model 3, nothing on it. Uh, brand new if you can, because I'll bet those are definitely more expensive used. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's funny you asked that. I was actually just on their website building my dream Tesla the other day. <laughs> of course. And... You know, I get right to the part where you got to put a deposit down. And I'm like, uh, not there yet in my yep, life. Yep. One day. Not there yet. <laughs> but 
building it base model three with uh you know none of the add-ons not the uh no auto drive no. engines or whatever all that stuff is yeah uh it's thirty five thousand dollars after tax thirty nine thousand wow and like all their delivery fees and stuff that's not horrible. so that's really not horrible. Not, not bad at all and if you want the uh the next tier up, I think it's forty two thousand, the and then range after range. taxes, I think forty five, and you know all what, that. You know what's funny is so like people people look at that and they're like, oh, you guys are idiots. Forty thousand dollars is a lot more than you think. You know that, that's a year's income for some people. And I say, well, look, hold on a second. So Mercedes is selling their bottom level stuff for like the high twenties, probably low thirties out the door. And you're like, well, you know, it's a Mercedes. And I said, no, they've cut their costs so high that when you buy it it's going to fall apart. The brand new Honda Accords and Civics are three times the vehicle the brand new low-end Mercedes are. So when you think for that same price point, the Teslas are the same way. They're really well made and they're super simple. Nothing's, nothing's going to fall apart. You're getting a better vehicle for the exact same price you'd be paying for a problem. That's how you think about it. And, I, and think about the upkeep needed on those vehicles as well. You're not getting no constant gas. Mm -hmm. um, all you got to worry about is your battery. Um, I don't even know. I'm, do they tires. need oil changes as, nah, as frequent? No oil, or? no oil, nothing. There's no, no oil, oil, none of that? But so this is interesting. Car and Driver, which is a pretty popular car magazine, recently, uh, maybe it was Road and Track. One of those people did a, uh, an article that said, the, the title of the article was, you know, obviously clickbaity. It was, it was, our Tesla Model 3 has not saved us the same amount of money that we thought it would. And it had, you know, the article you go into, you read it, it had 40,000 miles on it and they'd been driving it X number of miles. Like basically like trying to make it uh, a good experiment that lined up with normal usage of a car. But my argument was at 40,000 miles, pretty much nothing goes wrong in any new car these days. It, nothing goes wrong. So you're going to see those, you're going to see those savings at 120,000 when your transmission doesn't explode for no reason. Like that's, what's going to be good. It's not <laughs> great. You're saving money on a couple oil changes. You're not paying gas, whatever. It's going to cut a little bit off your bottom line, but nah, you're, you're going to, you're going to save your money way later. It's a big investment. Yeah, especially whenever you don't have to go buy a whole new engine or a whole new vehicle after 120,000 miles. Well, I hope you're not buying uh, a whole new engine at 120. That's a problem. Yep, yep that's what happened to my last Jeep. Uh, engine kind of just blew up on me. So you're, uh, saying that you're saying that Jeeps are both unreliable and aerodynamic? <laughs> yet I still want one. <laughs> I, had, I had a good friend of mine. A Jeep Slander Sunday is my favorite thing of all time. So a good friend of mine reached out and she was like, she was like, my Jeep is 20 years old and it ran perfectly, blah, blah, blah. It was amazing. I was like, listen, listen, whoa, I actually don't care. I have no dog in this fight. The fact that you got triggered is what made me happy. Like that, you <laughs> gave me what I wanted here. I actually think they're, they're, I mean, they're toys. They're fun toys. And heck, the mm -hmm. old ones were built like tanks, but yeah, I got what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Say immediately got super defensive about the Jeep. Uh, I love it. The Jeep's Jeep slander. The Jeep, but Jeep slander. I do miss my Jeep. I know. All right. So do your IPO because you said it was electric vehicle before we go off off track. Yep. So have you ever heard of Rivian before? Yes. I love their truck concept. Love it. Yep. What yep. happened? Please tell me they're, they're okay. So I will break it down. Uh, they are an electric vehicle manufacturer and they're focused on certain consumer pickup trucks, mm -hmm. SUVs, and delivery vans. Um, their rivals, obviously Tesla, Lucent Motors is listed here, and also Nikola, which we've talked about all three of those companies before on the podcast. So I figured only right to bring in these guys. Yep. Don't um, Lucent does a truck though. Mm -hmm. um, so they were founded by R.J. Scarringe, 
and uh, he got a PhD from MIT in mechanical engineering Ooh, and boy. was a member of the automotive laboratory there. Cool. Um, Rivian is slated to start delivering its electric trucks to consumers. This article says June 2021. I can't confirm if they missed that deadline or not. I'm going to assume they haven't started yet because I haven't heard anything about their trucks. I haven't heard anything about them. I They went off my radar. They were my original eye because I, I want an electric truck really badly. And they mm-hmm. were the original one I wanted until I saw the Nikola Badger and now the F-150. Yeah, oh, the so F-150 is going to be the fullest, I think. But, but yeah, so I don't know. I'm going to assume that it got postponed. This article came out earlier in the year, which is why I brought it up on the IPO note. Um, but they indicated in the interview that they're focused on becoming a public company. Um, on January 5th, 2021, uh, Rivian stated that they're close to securing a new funding round that would value the company at $25 billion. Ooh, that's a big and uh, they're aiming for a valuation of more than $50 billion. Jeez. Is their goal. So does it say anything there? I'm pretty sure they're partnered with Ford. I want to say that they basically like took over that project. And so what I think might have happened, this is pure speculation, me building the, I'm just going to stir the pot and build the storyline. I'll bet, mm-hmm. I'll bet the whole time Ford was taking their technology for the new F-150. And then eventually they were like, yeah, you need us more than we need you. And uh, so that's probably why they didn't hit their June release. That would make sense now that you think about it. If they, if they were partnered with Ford, I would not put it past them to be taking their technology and just putting it in the F-150. Yeah, you've seen Ford versus Ferrari. Those are some slimy dudes over there. I actually don't know that. That was a long time ago. <laughs> All right. Yep, here we go. Their investors include a company called BlackRock. Oh, that's Ford. a massive company. Yep, BlackRock, Ford, T. Rowe Price, yep. Fidelity, okay. Cox Automotive, and Amazon wow. are all their backers. Yeah, they, they've got, those are some pretty heavy hitters, every one of those. BlackRock is enormous. <laughs> Holy cow, I mean, Fidelity's huge, T. Rowe Price is massive. Amazon, okay, all right. So yeah, they have a ton of funding, apparently. There's no reason they should not be putting out yep. product. Huh. And actually, on July 23rd, they just received another $2.5 billion from Amazon. So, Christ, that's so much money. I mean, <laughs> a lot of develop, money. Yeah, to develop a single product in a year. Like, come on, you can do that. Jeez. All uh, right, do you want to do the climate thing? The uh, the Dubai, uh, whatever it was, clouds that were shocking? Yeah, certainly. Here, let me pull it up real quick again. Um, what we're talking about here is essentially... Dubai has found a way to regulate the weather. Yeah, if you we're can literally believe that. We're, we're creating a new kind of apocalypse. We're playing God, and you all know how it how it uh, ends whenever you play God. Wasn't there just end. a movie about this? There, I swear to God, there was a movie just got released about this last year, and it was like we did this. <laughs> like we literally learned how to manipulate nature, and then somebody took over all the satellites and just fried the whole world and caused the apocalypse. That's the path we're headed down, I'm afraid. God, I hope not. (laughs) Here's the process in which they were able to do this. It's a process called cloud seeding. Mm -hmm. And cloud seeding involves catapulting a drone into the sky, which is then able to sense the temperature and electric charge of the clouds. With that information, scientists can basically zap the clouds with a strong jolt of electricity, which will then cause the cloud to release rain. We're literally tickling the cloud until it squirts. (laughs) That's <laughs> when you put horrible. it like that you're gonna have to put the doll tag on this episode yeah getting the explicit tag i'm just picturing just hucking this robot into the sky <laughs> and it sees it and it shocks it in the cloud everywhere mm-hmm. well one benefit here is what i immediately thought of is these terrible wild 
fires in California and Australia. Oh, if yeah. it is a viable solution, we got to get those. We got to get these drones there ASAP well, because be, it yeah. seems to get worse every. It would be nice because we could regulate the dryness. I know California's. I you know I'm not a not a meteorologist or anything, but I'm pretty sure I've seen that the the dryness issue is like all over the whole West, where they just don't get enough rain during the year, so that when a fire does catch, it goes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I mean, if we could regulate the rain over there, that would be incredible. But then on the downside, like you mentioned from that movie. <laughs> Think about how prominent uh, cybersecurity and cyber attacks are right. in today's world, and all it takes is for one of these groups to hack into the drones, and then I don't even know what they could do or what they could control with them. But uh, but I'm sure they'd find a way to cause havoc. They would tickle the clouds at the wrong time. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna find out. I'm gonna find out what that movie was called, and I'll link it in the show notes because that yep. that is definitely a movie that got released last year. And I remember looking at it, and I was like, "Oh, this is just 2012 weather edition." They caused an endless rainstorm that would never stop. Basically, you know, tsunamis just, yeah, everywhere. You, you just moved to Florida. It's the same thing. God, they, <laughs> you live it. Yeah, California can have half of our rain, and they'll have more than they need. It's unbelievable. Every single day during the summer and halfway into the fall, it just doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. It's actually been pretty bad up here too recently, and I'm uh, I'm getting a little tired of the rain. So they could gladly take some of ours as well. Yeah, yay climate change. All right, so Woo. I got a couple more easy things. Uh, this one's just fun. Uh, PepsiCo sold their. Tro- I didn't know they own Tropicana. Apparently, they own Trop- like all the juice, Tropicana juice. Like every oh. orange juice that you see is probably Tropicana. Uh, they've made a lot of money off me. I like juice, but so they <laughs> they sold their their division. And I was really curious because I was like, they've been making this push. All the soda companies have been doing this. They've been making this push into healthier alternatives because everyone realized all at once, oh, crap, our stuff is really bad for you. And people have been realizing that. I mean, Diet Coke is one of the most addictive things on the planet. So so I wonder what they're doing by selling off their healthy division. So is that their only healthy beverages, do you think? No. And they just got rid of it? No. You know, I mean, you know, Pepsi and Coke are pretty much just locked in this eternal struggle to beat each other. Yeah, maybe it just maybe not, no one's buying juice anymore. It just wasn't as profitable. Who knows? I mean, maybe oh, they'll just lead no into way. the Powerade. <laughs> just think about all the millennials and all the health craze we have, like the kombucha juice and all that stuff. No way. It's true. That's true. Instead juice. of selling it off, they almost would have been better off just pivoting into like kombucha juice and stuff like that instead of uh, whatever wasn't working. Yeah, I'm going to look into it. I bet they do. All right, next one. Uh, so the Chinese government, who always has the spiciest takes, I they they have by far the spiciest of all the takes. They actively called uh, online gaming, and I quote, heroin for the mind. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. whoa. Yeah, they, they fully denounced online gaming and said, we want none of this. We're going to start shutting things down in our country. I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. You know, disregarding all the other things you guys do to your own citizens, you're, now they can't come home and have fun? I was going to say, isn't a large portion of the Chinese population big into video games? I mean, believe me, I'm not going to get conflated with Japanese. I know Japan's more Nintendo and Sony are. I'm not conflating them, but I I would imagine a large portion of their population really enjoys video gaming. So why would you just shut it down and make your civilians miserable? They want people to not do online gaming, I guess, and to go into a Bitcoin mining. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Start solving problems. That's fair. Oh, I love yep. it. All right. Last one. South Park just signed an enormous deal. And I, I know we're both massive South Park fans only because they're like 
they, they take the stuff that's going on and they just frame it in a way that is so funny that no one ever thinks about. They just signed for six more seasons over six years and get this, 14 movies within that six years. That's unbelievable. That's over two movies a year. Yeah, that was jaw-dropping to me. The, se- the six seasons, I can get it one season a year. 14 movies. Do we need 14 movies is what I originally thought. And then I read that a lot of it's going to be released on Paramount Plus, and I immediately thought they must be producing them for the streaming service. Yeah, that would make sense. I mean, it's probably just kind of pulling off like uh, like two a year, you know, like hour hour long movies, maybe nothing too crazy like that. But I assume they basically said, "Look, the crazy world we live in, and it's it's just absolutely insane. We have enough content to be doing this." Mm-hmm. Satire is the best, and anyone who doesn't like satire, I just. I don't know, maybe you don't understand it properly, but it's it's almost like medicine or therapy. Yeah, have you. it makes you feel less crazy. Yep, which is the same reason why I love stand-up comedy. And I mean, I get it, it's not for everyone, but people like Burt Kreisinger. <laughs> I mispronounced it on purpose. Yeah, big old shout out to Birdie Boy. Top Segura, Joe Rogan, all those guys, man. Their comedy's unrivaled. and. If you're into comedy and haven't seen their specials, go check them out. And if you're not into comedy or have never heard any stand-up before, check them out too. You might uh, you might find it soothing to hear how they make light of the events in the world. Yeah, if you didn't have a reason to have a Netflix account before, uh, now you do. Mm-hmm. Yep. All yep, right. certainly. So I'm ready for your quote. Go check them out. I- I've got one that I think is going to rival whatever you have. Well, let's hear what you got first. Oh, you're making me go first turn. Okay, all right. All right. <laughs> you're going to like this. It's an old Wall Street saying, when the ducks quack, feed them. Ooh, I do like that. Basically just like saying, that. whatever the market demands, give it to them. All right. My quote today is from Matthew McConaughey's book, Gotta Green Lights. Yep. It is, the quote is, it is not about being right or wrong. It is about... Do you understand? All right, all right, all right. <laughs> That's deep and philosophical. He's such a deep. fun dude. Well, okay. I highly recommend the book. Green lights. I, I've seen it promoted everywhere. I kind of want it. I, so it's really good. I, I can't imagine it wouldn't be. I mean, he's a funny dude. All right, one Matthew McConaughey story, and then we're going to wrap up. So I've heard this rumor that apparently, because he lives out in Austin, right? Apparently, there's mm-hmm. this unspoken rule in Austin, Texas, that you just don't talk to McConaughey. Like, if you see him out and about, you don't bother him. Or, like, everyone's going to get really mad at you. So, there were people, I, I don't remember who told me the story, but there was a guy at a baseball game, and he saw McConaughey, he's like, McConaughey, he starts yelling at him, and everyone around him just looked at him. It was like the death stare of the whole stadium. He's like, all right, so uh, don't talk to McConaughey. It's kind of cool that there's a celebrity that has that much respect that he's basically able to go incognito. That is awesome. Good for him, man. I love him. All Good right. for him. Anything else you got? No, that's all I got today. Okay. Enjoy your Friday. Lead yourself into the weekend. Have a good one. And, of course, yep. Tuesday morning is the next one. See you then. See you then.